Welcome, everyone. Episode 69 of the Matt Jones Podcast. I'm Matt Jones. You know, we do these, I don't know, occasionally, and uh, this seemed like a good time. I'm here in downtown Louisville on Tuesday morning with my good friend, attorney extraordinaire Steve Romine. Steve, how are you? I couldn't be better. It's good to be here for episode 69, Matt. <laughs> I, I knew you would appreciate that one. You know, your office... Is really something else. Like you, like, like for people who don't know, Steve is like, you know, Mister Defense Attorney. If you're, if 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 you are in trouble and it's like real trouble, I'm not talking like speeding ticket trouble. He's who you would want uh, to call. And your office has got like quite a who's who of legal stuff. But then there's also the picture of the 2014 Kentucky team with me in the middle. Oh, that's right, because you played in the fantasy yeah. camp. That's right. That was that was that. The team that became yeah, the thirty-eight one, thirty-eight one. Okay, had, and had they not lost me there, number four there, I would have, you know, got us through that Wisconsin game. <laughs> you could have guarded Sam Decker. Uh-huh. Well, I understand. I can, I can see that. So here's what we're going to do today. Uh, is that you, Nick? That's breathing so heavily. That's probably me. Okay, you all right? I worked out this morning. Oh, okay, I understand. Well, just it's, I just want everybody to know it's not me. That's not my nose. Well, no, it would whistle. See, yeah. I'm not whistling. I'm just. You know. uh, so uh, of course, a lot of stuff's been going on, and I thought. It would be good to talk about it. I, I've done a couple of interviews, but I really have tried to stay off television and, and, and all that while this was going on. And I just wanted to be able to talk about what was happening kind of from my perspective. And Steve, being a good friend of mine, uh, was nice enough to agree to do it. But before we before we talk about all that, I haven't gotten to talk about the Tennessee game. I don't want to. So but I, I will. I do want to start with that. I... It was interesting. I was watching the game by myself Saturday night in New York. Rachel was already asleep. And, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do the post-game show. I was still pretty down about what happened the week before. And I'm sitting in the dark, Steve, watching Kentucky-Tennessee. And at no point during the game did I think we were going to win. No, I knew we were going to lose. <laughs> and, I, and that's totally the Tennessee mind block. Although – I believed that it was going to be 14-13. Oh, I did too. Oh, I did too. As soon as Chance Poor missed the kick, I was like, we're going to lose 14-13. We all thought that. Yes. Just because that's the Tennessee That's game. the way you do it. I was dis- The only moment I even let myself get upset was when we didn't go for it at the end of the first half. And and honestly, they almost scored. They, they did almost score, and that's why we should have gone for it. But since we don't have a field goal kicker, and we can't throw the ball. We weren't going to score that. Well, that's, you know, I that's mean, not I, a valid. That's I, a valid point. We were arguing about that. Do you, I mean, like, isn't there a part though where you have to let Lynn try to throw it more? I yeah. mean, when when we got inside the five, and it's first and goal. You got to throw one of those. I mean, I don't care. I, I I don't care which one it is. I mean, you can make an argument. It could be second down, third down. You got to take one shot throwing it, don't you? What I would rather them do is at least act like we're going to throw it and let him drop back and just run around. Yeah, he's good at that. That's when he's at his that best. That no, no, that is when he is no doubt at his best. I mean, when he's in a passing situation and just gets an opening, put everybody in the back of the end zone and just say, 
If he throws it to you, catch it. Otherwise, Lynn, you just try to score. It's like fifth grade football. He's the best player. Just let him run around until he does point. whatever he Nick, wants. Nick, you're our football guy. Did you get upset during the process? Very upset. And I've tried to be the, like, objective good journalist. But th- that game made me so mad. Because Tennessee, they're not good. No, they're not. They And if Lynn Bowden doesn't throw that one interception, I mean, just five more yards on the ball. Justin Riggs just walking into the end zone, and you're up 20-3. to three. Yeah, that was a really well-designed play, and it nearly oh. it nearly hit. But, I, I, you know, he – he gets a mistake or two, though, for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, they're asking him to do so much. I can't get on him for one bad pass. No, they should let him kick field goals, too. <laughs> My theory is uh, Max Duffy, he does everything punting. Drop kick. Okay, let, this has been my thing forever. I don't believe that punters can't also be kickers. I just refuse to believe that that skill is so much different. I mean, no offense to Chance Poor, but I look at kickers and they're all like, Three feet tall. You tell me Max Duffy couldn't do that. Max Duffy can do anything. I know. Like I, I <laughs> he's the greatest. I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with that. Let Max Duffy and Lynn Bowden play anybody in the country two on two. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Did you see the stat from Mark Story that said since 2006? So that's what, 14 years. We have had the ball inside the 10 with less than three minutes to go against Tennessee four times with a chance to win, oh. and we've lost all of them. Well, you guys weren't around for the Mark Higgs four. Yeah, that was four from the but, – but think about that stat. Four times in the last 14 years we've been inside the 10 less than three minutes to go with a chance to win the game, and we haven't any time. Well, that is, that is my penance for life. I've, I've, had, a, I've had a good gig, but the Lord <laughs> has, has decided – Tennessee, and I hate Tennessee. Worse I do than too. Anything. I hate Tennessee worse than Louisville. Me too. And I know that's what people like. We're in Louisville. You're, you can see the Yum Center from where you are. I have always hated, and it's worse now because you go to the height of when I was in it on the Louisville stuff with Jurich and Patino and Daly talking about it, et cetera. Louisville fans were not as nasty to me during that period as Tennessee fans are every single time we play. They are significantly worse, which is crazy, but it's true. Because why would they hate us? We're not any good. I, that's what I say I mean, over and over. I've said this to them a hundred – like when you're talking trash to me, like we know we're not good. But that, that's the thing, though. <laughs> we are good. Now, we're so much better than them. We've been better than them for five years. Yeah, we've won We once. had one ga- bad game last year, and that was against Tennessee. We've been. You're right. We have been better than, than them for five years, and we won one time. We're one and four against them, even though I think you could argue four of those five years we've been better than them. In a similar vein, the fact that we ever beat Lamar Jackson while he played at U of L is a miracle. I mean, you watch him. And like so I'm good. now the biggest Lamar like like lover on ESPN. Like I have Orlovsky and Jeff Schwartz and Myron, all of them constantly like trying to down and I'm like, he's good. Well, I believe they're gonna hurt him just because you can't run up on it. He's electrifying. That run against Cincinnati was unbelievable. But we've seen it. If you watched him play at U of L he did that stuff all the time. That's yeah. the stuff they said that, oh, he can do it in college, but he can't do it in the NFL and well, there you go. And then when they were all like, well he's not gonna be good ten years down the road, who cares? He's good right now. Like, 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 yeah, he's right. going to win the MVP in the Super Bowl this year, so that, that's a pretty good. Well, that's run. pretty good. Like, I mean, you know. But anyway, back to back to Tennessee. I still think Kentucky makes a bowl. I think they win Saturday against Vandy. Yeah, they'll be, Vandy stinks. They're like 125th in every offensive category. They're terrible. Tennessee also stinks, but we beat Vandy. 
Tennessee, so, though, yeah. stinks, but they have some good players. And so they have, like, like those receivers, our yeah. elite receivers. That linebacker, Batuli, he's a stud. Well, if, if, if Vandy has any sense, they will start some random dude and put a backup in after the first series. Dude, what is that? I mean, Garantano has been bad for two straight seasons, and he plays good against us except, both years. Except Kentucky. Both like years he's played good year, against he's us. Good. He, had a broken, he had a broken hand, too, and he still did that. It, it is the curse of the – and it, we, we joke about it. It's ridiculous, though, if a backup quarterback comes in a game against Kentucky, we're, we're going to lose. <laughs> you can't do anything. It really is unbelievable. So that was extremely frustrating, and I thought to myself, you know, I would normally get on the postgame show and, like, have a chance to sort of mourn collectively, and that didn't happen. So I ended up watching some West Coast game into the night, like eating a box of Honey Nut Cheerios and thinking this is the life of a Kentucky football So player. you're not allowed to do – off gears, you're not allowed to do the postgame show either? I'm not allowed to do anything right now. Okay. Um, so they, they think you're going to say, well, we should have went for it on fourth <laughs> down and Mitch sucks. <laughs> You know, Mitch would, Mitch would have punted there, and I I would have done something completely different. So let's just transition into that. All right, so I, I, I'm going to just talk for a few minutes, and then Steve and I are going to have a conversation. But I want to explain what happened. You saw me write about it, but I want to explain what happened so people at least know the situation because it's unbelievable. And, Steve, you're a lawyer. You know this. It's unbelievable how people see something and, like, don't understand the law or what's happened. I mean, I've, I've read – a ton of things that have been like, you know, Matt's gone federal court, you know, and like none of that stuff happened. So let's take a step back. Mitch McConnell, and, and let me just say, when I say Mitch McConnell, everybody keeps writing and saying, no, Matt, it's the Republican Party of Kentucky. Spare me. Just so you all know. Nothing happens with the Republican Party of Kentucky unless Mitch says it's okay. Yeah, it's it's like saying, you know, uh, John Robick filed a complaint <laughs> with the SEC. That's I mean, exactly right. It, it, it's ridiculous. Cal would have to agree to it. Mitch McConnell, everyone that works at the Republican Party of Kentucky is a former McConnell staffer. So when I say Mitch McConnell, it is Mitch McConnell. I don't care. And, and let me just say, I also have talked to folks that tell me this came from McConnell's office Stop with the separation. It's McConnell. So so McConnell Wednesday morning, while we're on the air, files an FEC complaint. And here is the complaint. It's two parts. One part I don't think is correct, but he has an argument, just being honest. The second part is nonsense. First, they claim that I am now a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Now, here's how this happened. When I was considering whether to run and I decided to do the exploratory committee, I, there are two ways you can do it, Steve. You can just file it with the IRS and do whatever you want. You can get as much, you can get the donations, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to tell anybody what happens because you're not a candidate yet. The second thing is you can file it with the Federal Election Commission for transparency and say, you know what, I'm going to tell you everyone that gives me money. Almost nobody does the second thing. Because why would you? I did. Because my reasoning was... I'm being dead serious. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Don't do. Don't be. Don't be nice. I, I did because my thought was: Look, I'm on the air. I don't want people thinking I'm doing this to make money. I want to be completely transparent. That way, nobody can accuse me of anything except doing exactly what I'm doing, which is considering. This. What is the interplay with the book in that regard? I'm getting there. Okay. So, so when I did that, the. 
I, I got these people to file the form. Now, there are two forms, Form 1 and Form 2. This is where the dude working on my behalf screwed up. He was supposed to file Form 1. He filed Form 2. Form 2 is if you're a candidate. As soon as I realized it, we fired that guy. But then I was like, well, I'm just going to withdraw this and start over. The FEC says you can't withdraw. So I'm like, well, what do I do? And the FEC said, send us a letter that says you're not a candidate. Okay, and but the form that you're talking about, that is not the form. That's not a filing paper. You can't run just by filing. No, the form. you still have to file with the Kentucky. Right. I have filed nothing to be on the ballot. That's all with the Kentucky Secretary of State. So I write them. They say, send us a letter that says you're not a candidate. I do. So they have a letter on file that says I'm not a candidate. Now, they then tell me you aren't a candidate. However, there's this other provision that says if you spend more than $5,000, you might you're you might be a candidate. So we have this conflicting thing. If that got before the FEC, I don't know what they would decide. For practical purposes, it doesn't matter. I'm not a candidate till I file with the Secretary of State's office. But that's the issue. All right. So now, part 2. So part 1, am I a candidate under the FEC? I would argue no. They argue yes. It's a close call. They, the FEC. FEC, this is the other part. The FEC is not allowed to hear anything because they only have three members. They have to have four. Do you want to know why they don't have four? Mitch McConnell will not approve any more members. This is a perfect, you know, the the absurdity of this is Mitch uses a organization to take you off the air. However, he denies that he's part of it. And the organization is a bureaucratic organization. You want to talk about the deep state? I mean, he, he is the he is the example of the deep state. Yes, using government bureaucracy to fight his battles for him. Yes, he used the power of the federal government with an organization that I again want to say is not allowed to meet because he won't confirm any members. Well, let's be clear, though. Also, that was partially a joke because the deep state is just all bullshit. <laughs> I understand. So my point is, so the other thing is, this can't even be heard right now. Like, I can't even be cleared because they're not even meeting because McConnell won't confirm any more members to the FEC. So he files it with a group that he's not even allowing to hear. Nevertheless, part two is where the argument's ridiculous. They argue that iHeart and Simon & Schuster, who's my book publisher, are giving me campaign donations by paying me to do my job. They argue that by iHeart – so when I've been traveling around the state doing my book – they argue that iHeart paying my salary to be on the radio and Simon and Schuster paying me to, to, to do the book is essentially a campaign donation because when I'm out in the state, people are deciding whether they want me to run. Now, here's why it's ridiculous. Neither iHeart nor Simon and Schuster has paid a dollar of this trip. I paid it all out of my pocket for this very reason. I didn't want people to think I was doing this to run. So Simon and Schuster, they paid me money to do a book, but they said if you have any expenses, man, that's on you. iHeart has paid nothing. iHeart would rather I stay in the studio. They don't want they're like, "Matt, finish all this." Right? They they like, "Stop." We got some TJ Smith ads. Yes, I have to tell TJ to make them pay. So it's ridiculous. The complaint is ridiculous but that's if you if what here's the bottom line if what mcconnell said was true you couldn't run for office unless you quit your job 
seriously, because if if Nick worked as an electrician and decided to run for office, their argument would essentially mean when your boss as an electrician paid you, it'd be a campaign contribution because you're running for office. And people don't all quit their jobs to run for well, office. Well, no, they shouldn't. Like, if McConnell's argument's correct, only people who can afford to kick to quit their job could run for well, office. That's basically the way they want it now. That's the way he wants it. But is that what you want? No. A situation where people have to quit their jobs to run? Now, a lot of people are arguing, oh, it's about equal time and being on the air. That has nothing to do with this. That's the FCC. And they didn't follow it. That's a whole different thing. Like, if I I could be on the radio tomorrow if it were the case that I wasn't traveling around here. So so when people argue that online, they're wrong. That's not even what this is about. No, the people online are wrong. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> all right, so all this gets to the point of it gets filed. And I get a, com- a call from my bosses at iHeart. And listen, I honestly don't blame iHeart. I really don't. Because iHeart's view, I know some people do, but here's iHeart's view. iHeart's view is like, look, Matt, in the next week or two, you're going to decide. And whatever you decide, if you decide to run, we have to pull you off the air anyway. If you decide not to run, we're going to bring you back. So do I really want to fight the Senate Majority Leader for a week? I get it. I honestly get it. Because, look, this is not Tom Jurich complaining he might pull ads. This is the, the, the second most powerful person in America threatening to put the weight of the federal government on somebody. I can see, Steve, why that would make him nervous. Well, I mean, wh- why does it make him nervous? Tony Vanetti isn't running him for anything. Why did they make him not do today? Well, they, I, they, they, that's, I, I don't blame them for that either. They didn't want me to do it in the building and, and Vanetti. I, I don't want – listen, I don't want anybody – Part of this whole process is I don't want anybody to suffer for my sins. Yeah. I, I, you know, Nick Roush is sitting here. One of the hard things about deciding this is all these people that work for me and what happens to them. I don't want Vanetti in trouble. I don't want anybody. I just, I honestly just want people to leave me alone. But nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, I get it. I'm not mad at iHeart, Steve. I'm really not. Well, I, I mean, the only person who really should be mad about any of this is me being the second choice to Tony Vanetti. But- <laughs> As Cal says, I was my wife's second choice, and that's lasted 27 years. So I'll there you go. Worked out. So they file it, and then the next thing that happens, I have to say, it sucked. I was really down on Wednesday, and I wake up Thursday. I sleep in because I don't want to think about the show. And I wake up Thursday, and I wake up, and like I'm trending on Twitter with the free Matt Jones thing. And as as negative as all this has been in a lot of ways. That was one of the most gratifying things, watching that happen, because it was natural. Like, it was – I know Ryan and Drew said it on the air, but it came from the fans. But it, 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 That really was one of the most – I mean, and it, we, it was number one until like 5 or 6 o'clock at night. Steve, I, you know, there's a line from, I think, The Office where Michael Scott says you ne- most people don't get to watch their funeral. Well, it wasn't my funeral. But I did get to watch what would happen if I got taken off the air. And I actually, that was a really, I'll be honest with you, that was a really gratifying thing. How do, how do you think this compares to being taken off the TV show? It, this is much bigger. The TV show, some people liked it, some people didn't. It was popular, but it was popular in one city. Right. This radio show. Except when I was on it, then it was good everywhere. <laughs> then it was good everywhere. This radio show was a part of the daily is the part of the daily life of people all over the state and all over the country they're Kentucky fans. Like they get up and they listen from 10 to 12 or they get it at, on podcast. And this is where I think McConnell really screwed up. I don't think they realized 
how much the show means to people. And I think they don't they don't they act like this is just some political whatever. People who listen to the show know we that's not what I use the show for. I mean, I don't use the show to campaign against Mitch McConnell. I use the show to campaign against Mitch Barnhart for the checkerboards. God. Like that's a much bigger deal to our listeners. If people who listen to the show know what the show is, unless they're just a hater. And I've been told by some people that know that they really realize they screwed up. To the point that on Friday there was some from up high, okay, stop it. We're losing this battle from a PR standpoint. Now, the problem is McConnell is not allowed to withdraw this complaint. FEC rules, when you file it, stays filed. So it's not going anywhere. And iHeart has said, <laughs> what? That's just great. You know, I want to undo this. Cancel that. Uh, no. Too late. Too late. So iHeart has said to me, look, Matt, if you decide not to run, when you decide that, you can come back on. And if I decide to run, I was going to have to go off anyway. So I really don't know why Mitch did this, but it's frustrating. I've now had the Democrats take me off my television show. I've had the Republicans take me off my radio show. And basically, that just leaves me, Nick, and Romine sitting here in the office well, fighting against humanity. And, and of course, everybody, when are you going to make a decision and let, you know. Very soon. And when I say very soon, I mean like very soon. Okay. Like, like w within a few days. I mean, I, 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 it's, I said this on my Periscope and I'll say it again here. I had come to the decision in my mind. I was 95% there that I wasn't going to do it. I had decided if Bevan won, I was not doing it. And if Bashir won, I probably wasn't doing it, but I was going to kind of see what happened. Wednesday morning, I got up and sort of thought, I'm probably going to announce this tomorrow. And I was going to spend Wednesday night telling the people that needed to know. And then this happened. And all of a sudden, you got to take a step back and look at it and say, man, he just gave me a national platform I didn't have. He also to be quite frank with you, really pissed me off. And you don't run for Senate because you're mad. You can. Well, you shouldn't. But it also says, you know what, somebody's got to stand up to these dudes. Somebody, he is such a bully. Somebody's got to stand up to him. And so that has led me to spend these last few days still considering. Well, the, the one thing I, th I think what has happened too is, you know, obviously politically we're in a different world now. You know, you have to be social media savvy and kind of nimble. I think what kind of the outcry over you being take off shows is that's the kind of campaign that can beat Mitch McConnell and his old hound dog TV ads. No, sure. I mean, really, it, it is. You, you, they, they thought they were, they were taking advantage and, and kind of hitting you where it hurt. And turned out it hurt them more than it hurts you. One of the things you realize, I agree with that. One of the things you realize, all right, so they have this guy's name is Josh Holmes. You can look at him up on Twitter. Like, if you look at his picture on Twitter, and I've never met the guy. Roush, if you look like what an 80s TV movie villain should He's look like. He's the bad guy at the ski resort. That yes, he is the bad down. guy yeah. at the ski resort. That's a great call because mm -hmm. he's sitting there. Even in his profile pic on Twitter, he's like flashing a watch. Right, Like, right. I have this nice watch. I am Josh Holmes. Look at my hair. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. If you watch him, his thing is I'm a smart ass on Twitter. 
You but are or he, he is. is. He believes he is. I'm the kind of clever. He's the wise guy. The problem is he ain't as smart as he thinks he is, and he ain't as funny as he thinks he is. And as my as a friend of mine said, he ain't as cute as he thinks he is. So because of all that, he after this was over, after this happened, was like, we had nothing to do with it, but and then he started taking up for it. Including he wrote, so so pardon my take, the podcast. Those are my buddies. They mm-hmm. call me up and they go, Hey, you want to come on here tonight? You're in New York? I was like, sure. And go, here's the thing. We won't even talk about McConnell. We'll just talk about something else. We'll get everybody worked up, and then we won't even talk about McConnell. So I send a picture that I'm doing it with them, and Josh Holmes freaks out. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is so off-brand for Barstool Sports. They're becoming dead spent. Like, he decides the smart thing for him to do is to take on Barstool, (laughs) which is only, like, the largest young people media outlet in the country. Mm -hmm. And he ends up looking like a huge dork in the process. They make fun of him. They, they in their latest podcast, were making fun of him. Oh, you! It was in the fastest two minutes. Yeah, they called Cocaine Mitch and Matt Jones, <laughs> and like they're making fun of him because, to your point, Steve, they don't know how to handle this. They don't know how to handle a social a, a world. I mean, if they, I'm not even that clever, wait till Drew Franklin. Well, goes, and let's be clear, though. Mitch McConnell, while being a lot of things is probably the least cool person in the United States today. I think that's probably true. I mean, he, he is he, his lack of coolness is rivaled only by his lack of handsomeness. <laughs> that was Steve Robbins. That said well, that, I mean, by the way, I mean, you dude, don't have to put that in an ad. I'm for, speaking for, truth. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't like it, you know, the truth's an absolute defense. They want to sue me over <laughs> Mitch not being cool or being unattractive. Like, you know what? I would like to see that case go to court. <laughs> yeah. McConnell v. Romines on the issue of whether or not he's handsome. Yes. <laughs> I'll take my – give me the first 12 jurors in the box. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, anyway, the, the point being, Holmes was like, yeah, here I go. And he realized, like, this, y- y- this is not the world – you beat me in the world of youths in the FEC. You ain't going to beat me in the world of this. This is my world. So, with all that said, it has been very frustrating, honestly, Steve, to realize that this can happen to people. Like, I at least have a way to defend myself. I've got a fan base. I've got this podcast. Imagine what they do to people who don't have a way to defend themselves. Well, that's what they want, though. I mean, they want to scare people off. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's part of it. it, it's, it when you don't have to beat anybody that you scare off from running. Yeah. I had someone contact me last night who said, look, Matt, just so you know, and I won't say which of the two candidates, but one of the main two candidates who's kicked us off has hired somebody to look into this and is trying to hire somebody to look. Like, I'm not even in. And, like, they literally are going after my friends. They're, like, researching, you know, people. Look, I'm sure the two of you. Have had your lives, and I, you know how much I hate that. I hate it. I have friends of mine who are like professors, who have investigators looking. It's 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 absurd, but this is the world we live in. And if nothing else, this whole process has maybe shown a light on how this thing works. Uh, they don't have to investigate me. I'll tell them. <laughs> you know, is your is your follower the or tracker? Tracker is he out here today? He's not. Okay. Um, you know. 
I haven't seen him in a little while, but I'm sure he's out there. Let me say this. I don't know if it'll come out in the book or if it's going to come out in the next week or two, but I got some great stories from this. I'm sure. And it'll certainly be in the book, but some of them I may be able to tell before that. This has been like, I think, if nothing else, if I don't run, they've given me a hell of a book. They've made sure this book's going to be a bestseller. I've gotten rich. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's an old adage. What do I say on the radio? Don't punch down. Right? Don't punch down. Well, uh, maybe that's the thing is it shows that they're scared. Or at least. I don't know if they're. Oh, no, I, I said it in the day at the, before it kind of blew up on the radio. I said on Twitter, it says two things, him taking you off the air. One, they're scared because they don't fool with you if you're not. They didn't try to take Amy McGrath off anything. And two, it shows just what a chicken shit Mitch is about everything. I mean, it, it does. It, it is just so typical. And but they and, and some dude, Republican guy, responded on Twitter and says, nobody in the GOP is scared of Matt. That was GOP Jake. Okay. Who, by the way, if your name on Twitter is GOP Jake, I would just say, do you really want your name to be GOP Jake? No. Like maybe Jake Smith. Just like, I'm GOP Jake. I don't know. I just well, I anyway. told GOP Jake in response. <laughs> yes. In a, you know, I've been doing this a long time. In a trial, in a basketball game, or fist fight. If anybody ever says, I'm not scared of you, they say it for one reason. Because they're freaking scared. You don't you don't have to tell somebody you're not scared when you're not scared. Well, I like I said, I'm I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be quick cuz I I owe it to other people who are considering running to like make a decision and if it's a no so that they can do it. But I I I mean it when I say this. This is exactly what happened in this week why I've considered doing it. Somebody has to put their foot down on this stuff. Somebody does. This, you know, the mainstream Democrats were scared of my television show so much that they got me kicked out. Then Mitch McConnell uses a, a federal commission which he wants to disband to then, I mean, think about that hypocrisy. He wants to disband the entire commission and then wants to use it to keep me off the air. But I think here's the lesson. They didn't realize how many of you all are out there. They didn't realize how many of you guys are out there. And I mean this. Part, part of the reason I want to do this podcast, I'll never be able to thank you enough. I won't. You guys brought me up on Thursday, on Thursday when I was really down. And it was unbelievable. And I heard from people literally all over the world, including some of the hashtag responses. <laughs> You know, a lot of people see free Matt Jones. They don't know what it means. Mm. And my favorite was somebody wrote, free Matt Jones? We don't even know what he did. Keep his ass in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought, like, I wanted to retweet that one like a hundred times. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. But it really did mean a lot. And, like, the you know, somebody put up billboards in Lexington. I don't even know who did it. I honestly don't. Drew and Ryan swear to me they didn't. I have no idea who did that. That kind of stuff, you know, has been absolutely awesome. Here, here's one other thing to take from it, and this is why, whether you run or not, you're the most dangerous guy for Mitch, is Republican, Democrat, gun control, whatever you want to talk about. Don't mess with the cats. 
See, that's why. No, it is. But why did they do that? That's why it was so – like, Mitch has always been nasty, but he's rarely been dumb. That was just dumb. The day after the Michigan State team. The game. day after we beat the number one team in America, well, the week of the Tennessee game. And, and I think you know why is because they thought, ooh, it's the day after election day. That's what they he thought. He said it was going to be man. after – Matt Bevin ran, so we're going to get him the day after. They look at the world through the governor's race, we whereas most it. of our state looks at it through we just beat Michigan The Kentucky state. basketball schedule. We're number that, one. That's a, that's a really good point. That shows you sort of how clueless they kind of are about the state. One of the things I've realized doing this book, and, and I'm going to do a long podcast about the book down the road and talk about what, we, what we've seen, but you, you love Chris Tomlin, don't you, Steve? Kills me. Love him. I, funniest dude there mm-hmm. is. But Chris and I have talked about how when you go out in the state, the reaction about Mitch McConnell, there's only two reactions. One reaction is that there are people who hate him. But the much bigger reaction is – He's not a handsome man. (laughs) I think they would agree with that. But that's – the much bigger is they don't care. Like, they just don't care. Like, like he doesn't affect their lives. It's like, oh, whatever, I don't like that guy. But it's not like something they're passionate about. They are passionate about the cats. Right. And that's the difference. And I'm not saying I am the cats. Somebody else can do the job. But for right now, I'm the one that does it. And so that's where it is. Well, you're not the cats. But that's the two hours a day that we're going to talk about the cats. And, you know, and everybody's gotten used to, to, you know, wanting your opinions on it. And it, it makes a difference. I mean, there's no question that him interfering with Kentucky basketball. It would it is what backfired on him. Now you for a year and you've know you've known me for a long time, and for a year and a half you've had various reactions to this. Where are you now with all this with me? On running? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish you would just just got it because doing it the same old way is not going to work, and that seems to be what's going on now. And 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 as you know too, I'll. I've been a Republican my whole life. I worked in McConnell's office in D.C. in 1988. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, you, you. I knew you were a Republican. I didn't know you worked in McConnell's office. Yeah. I've got a great story for you if you sometime you want to hear it. it, it, it <laughs> Why is, don't you tell it now? I mean, you're right. right. So, so Mitch takes all the interns into the Senate dining room and he for, for lunch. And, of course, we're all sitting around. There's like 20 of us, and it's a bunch of nerds. And, uh, <laughs> He's going around to everybody asking them what they want to do, what what their dream job is. And, of course, everybody says, oh, I want to be a senator or first female president or whatever. And he says to me, he says, so what's your dream job? And I go, well, I'd like to play center field for the Braves. <laughs> said, Dale Murphy's done. And yeah, the I, Braves were bad then, they too. They were, but yeah. I was, you know, I was a TBS guy. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, he said, well, I love baseball, too. He said, are you playing in college? I said, no, I'm not playing now. I said, I'm not any good. But I <laughs> so said, you got some work to do. You asked my dream job, and that's it. And he goes, well, if that doesn't work out, what would you like to do? And I said, i like to host one of those fishing shows on cable television. <laughs> I would also be good to Bill Dance. No, Bill right? Dance when Roland Martin, Jimmy Houston, Bill Dance, yeah. all those guys were. And, you know, he asked dream job. I said, those are my dream jobs. Um, you probably, he probably doesn't have a lot of people like that. I wouldn't. Maybe. Well, I one guy said we should hire more people like him, and everybody else said no. We <laughs> got to get rid of him. <laughs> that is a good story. Well, I, uh, but okay. But as you're also, my I want fr- you to run. But you're also my friend. Like, I, don't I, you? Don't you? Do you want me to go through all that? Well, and here's the thing: it, it's 
and, and you've, I'm sure you've had so many people tell you this. When you run for a federal office or run for Senate, especially against Mitch McConnell, your life will not be the same, win or lose. Mm-hmm. If you run and win, obviously things are changing to a great degree. If you run and lose, you're not going to be able to go back to the show and back and do that stuff the same way you were before. I agree with that. And so if you're happy with your life, and I'm not trying to talk you out of it, just being, if you're happy with your life, then it would be very difficult to run. Yeah. Like, I would not run for anything because I love what I do. I, everything's, you know, I like the way my life is. And so why would I want to change it? Well, it's like somebody said to me, and I think that's a good analogy. If you do this, you're jumping off a cliff. You don't know what's on the other side. It could be rocks. It could be like the best high you've ever had jumping into the water, right? Like you're running off a cliff and you have no idea, and I know that. And the one thing I do know is exactly like you said, it won't ever be the same. It, and and it and that's hard. It won't ever be the same. But also, there's the counter to it. This opportunity will never be back. Like it meaning you could I, I could run again in the future for something, but Doing it against McConnell gives you a platform that you can't repeat. Mitch McConnell is single-handedly destroyed our country's political process. He he alone, he started all the obstructionism more so than anybody else. I mean, he, he is the one. If you can beat him, then, you know, hopefully that may restore some of the uh, idealization of politics – to the country because as it is now people don't think you beat him because it's all about money you know he yeah. he's the guy who made money but the you, most important but thing. do you think i can beat him with donald trump on the ballot i think you're the, the only pause, guy that can no the, the pause is worrisome now, no no I, I think you're the only guy that can i know the people run against him now can't and here's the problem with it and, and I'm not telling you, you know, is a lot of the money's already gone and he's going to have so much money. Now, that said, as we talked about earlier with him taking you off the air and the Twitter stuff, it's a different world now. I mean, you your type of candidacy and your age can be completely different than him. You know, just the TV ads on, on before, you know, Murder, She Wrote reruns. That, that, that's not going to get it done anymore because those old people are going to be for him anyway, mostly, except for the old Kentucky fans. Yeah. And, and so can you immobilize and mobilize, not immobilize, we don't want that, no, mobilize enough young people to do it in Kentucky? Well, I think you can. But here's the bottom line. Ain't no way to know unless you do it. Well, that's the other thing is that I spent a lot of this time so I was like, all right, I'm going to do polls and I'm going to do research. And and here's exactly what I found. This is the difference between what you're listening to today and when I did that podcast with Vanetti a couple months ago. Here's what I found. First of all, the polls don't tell me anything. They really don't. I mean, there's nothing to say. Like I've done – I've seen two polls. I One uh, – use against Amy McGrath. I've seen two polls. One poll had me down huge to her. One poll had me ahead. How do you know? There's no way to know. There's really no way to know. Against McConnell, who knows? I mean, look at the governor's race. Matt Bevin lost. The other Republicans won by a lot. So is McConnell more like Bevin? Or is he more like the other Republicans? 
I don't know. Well, here, here's why I think he's less like Bevin in that all Bevin actually had to do was shut his mouth and he wins. <laughs> and he couldn't even do and that. And he couldn't even do that. Mitch knows, just shut up. He, he won't – I, I don't if, think he'll debate you. But let me ask you a question. There are people who say, Matt, you rub him differently than everybody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <sorry. laughs> that, that you rub him the wrong way. For instance. Like when he you, called into your show. You cause him to make mistakes he doesn't make with other people. Like maybe doing this. Your strengths are his weaknesses. I don't think there's any question about that. Is, is you know, he – is just an old school traditional politics, and you. So you don't think he would debate me at all? I don't think. He, why would he? Well, he has to, doesn't no, he? No, he doesn't have to. Well, but that's that would be so weak if he wouldn't. Well, why would? Yeah, yes. But you know the thing is, you're right. Amy McGrath wouldn't debate me. No, he, he does not want to get on a stage with you, and you be able to make fun of him. And that's what would happen. I mean, and and so he he don't want to do that. Why just sit in Washington and run TV ads? And the other thing he will do, you, I guarantee you this happens if you run. They will pump money into the people you're running against campaigns. You, what you, you? They will try to get make sure you lose the primary. Well, the, you know, it's, I honestly think from a personal standpoint and an attack standpoint, the primary will be worse. Because those folks, Mitch's plan to run against me would be call me a socialist, talk about guns, talk about talk about abortion, put pictures of me next to AOC. I mean, that's what they would do. In the primary, I think it's all going to be about just coming after me as a human being, looking at old posts on KSR, looking at tweets I've written. Like, that's going to be – and the question is, do you want to go through that? I mean, I can tell you as upset as this week has made me with McConnell – I expected it from him. I'm more upset about McGrath. I had I had respect for her. And I'm more upset about that. And that'll be a conversation. If I don't do it, we'll have down the road. If I do do it, maybe we won't. But uh, um, that the, the way that I've watched the establishment of both parties, again, try to tear me down, and I have a platform – just imagine what they do to everybody else. That's what's frustrating. Well, that, and, but that's the thing. The reason they're trying to tear you down is because you're a threat to them. I mean, it's you got to. They got to start on you early if they're going to beat you. Yeah. Um, well, so so I'll just finish with this. I you'll hear a final call from me in the next couple of days. I don't. Next few days, Will we get a press conference in a Minnesota hockey hoodie. Well, no. First, what we have to have is if you run, yeah. okay. How would you do it? No, would, it how well, would you launch? First it? of all, if you run, you need to tell iHeart, "I'm not running, guys. Put me back on the air," and then go back and do one more show and just blister him off <laughs> for two hours. And at the end of the show, said. I'm running. I told you. Like Hollywood Hogan when he came out as a bad guy in a heel turn. Uh, screw all you guys. I am running after all. That I was a great heel turn at Bash at the Beach. It was. You know, that would have been that, that, that would have been the way to do it. Yeah, bring professional wrestling to politics. Oh, dude, listen. That's the everything I do would be a wrestling analogy. Like, it's all going to be, you know, like Vince McMahon saying Brett screwed, screwed Brett. Mitch screwed Mitch. <laughs> he, I had nothing to do with it. Um, 
Yeah, well... Uh, You're bringing in a new world order. Yeah, the double stone cold reverse bird. You know? <laughs> um, well, so anyway, I, th- 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 it'll happen, in the, like I said, in, in, the, in the next few days. And I, I did want to just take this minute. This why I wanted to do this was to explain kind of my th- opinion on what happened, but also just to say thank you to everybody. Because, you know, whatever I end up doing... What I watched happen on that Thursday was really meaningful. And to the many of you, including many of my friends who I just haven't been able to respond to, uh, I appreciate it. Now, one more thing. If I end up not doing it, I'm probably taking a substantial amount of time off. Um, I've got to finish this book, which has got a lot to do. But I also hope people understand I've kind of felt like I had the weight of the world on me for like a year. Steve, you know this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it a lot. Everything Steve just said about if you run, you're jumping off a cliff, but you're the only one that can do it. You know, imagine if you felt like the worst person in democracy, you're the only person that can stop it. <laughs> I know that sounds dramatic, but that's sometimes it's like how a I, superhero movie. Well, it's except, the hero's except journey. I, except I would be yeah. the dorkiest superhero. Yeah. Well, you take the glasses Mr. off. Mr. Hoodie. Take uh, off the <laughs> swimming necklace. Luke Skywalker wasn't – he was somewhat dorky too. So well, that's true. You know, Tatooine. But, and but so I, I just if – I, if I end up not doing it, I just have to take some time away. So my plan is if I end up not doing it, like maybe coming on the air like one day and then probably taking through Christmas and then the day after Christmas coming back – and helping beat Louisville in basketball. I was going to say, you got to come back for Louisville. Well, game. that would be the thing. Yeah. The, the idea would be come Ooh. back the day after Christmas. The next day is that show in Indiana. Big Louisville hate day. Which could be like the best show ever uh, over there in, in Indiana at the Beer Nose. And then we beat Louisville the next day. But, you know, Nick, it's so much harder for me to hate Louisville now. It is hard. I mean, it is, you know. And let me just say this. when I, Just so you know, when I promote Lamar, it is not because of the election. If I run – I'm still cheering against you all, like I am, and that's you can you can either love it or hate it. I don't really care. Sports is not life. I hope the University of Louisville is immensely successful in all aspects, but I want you to lose to us in basketball and football, and you should want you should want me to feel that way, right? Right. Oh, so, you mean just to us or to anybody? What do you mean? You you mean you want Louisville to lose every? I game want them to lose, lose most us. of them. I mean, I don't. You know, listen, they can beat Duke. <laughs> yes, I want them to beat Duke. Can beat Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. So like everybody. So but my my Lamar love is I genuinely love that dude. Well, and y'all, you by the same token, gotta like Teddy Bridge. I like Teddy How too. How can't you like that guy? I mean, I, I don't. I haven't gotten on the Donovan Mitchell train yet. No. But I do like Lamar and Teddy, and I like Parent. <laughs> That's those three guys. That's it. Lamar, Teddy, Perrin. Is there anyone else? I like Jerry Eves. What other Louisville players? Um, well, Griff. I don't really know Griff. I've never met him. So I, I don't know him very well either, but he's the living legend. So That's true. I yeah. guess I don't know Lamar either. My wife, she was a Louisville player. So I like That's her. right. She played volleyball, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. I like her. Yeah. Your wife, by the way, you talk about somebody that runs your life. 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Like you, if you watch the two of them together, you can tell who's in charge. No, it's not me at all. It's happy I, life. I tried to put my foot. You down. are going to have the tallest kids. Oh, I know. I, can I go ahead and sign them right now? Yeah, no kid. I mean, how, we're you're selling stocks. You're like what six four? Six six is what I tell people. You are not six six. Stop yeah, it. Pretty tall. You're Jesus. not six six. I'm six three and a half, and you're barely taller than me. I'm at least six five. At bare minimum. So how tall is your wife? She's six two or three. She tells you're gonna. Ha- I mean, you're gonna have giants. Here, here's what I want for this podcast is because you know people are gonna think it's about you announcing and all that. So there's gonna be all these people in D.C. and politicos <laughs> listening to this, trying to get information. They're gonna say, "So the tall guy and the redneck <laughs> are." <laughs> we should have led off with discussion of how tall Mick Crouch is. <laughs> Can we can we put like the title of it is like the decision too or is that no is no, that, no 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 I don't I don't I don't need I don't I, I don't need that uh, that fire to put out I'm but taking like, my talents to DC <laughs> that is a great picture is that Elvis Elvis and Muhammad, and Muhammad Ali, Ali boxing mm-hmm. where'd you get that uh, well, I didn't take it but somebody gave it to me for Christmas <laughs> if you had taken yeah. it that would be a heck of a picture <laughs> and uh, Elvis is uh, Muhammad's got Elvis's robe on too. Oh, that's a, that is an awesome picture. Mm-hmm. I really like that a lot. Well, listen, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, the next time you hear from me, we'll probably be asking I, for money. I hope not. Have I ever asked you for any money? No, you haven't. I haven't. See, honestly, asking for money is the one thing I don't. Part of this exploratory committee, the idea was I was going to raise this money, and then I decided I just couldn't do it. Because I was like, I don't want to ask these people for money and then not run. Because that would be a real jerky thing to do. So I raised it from like four people. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. Even like going door to door and getting candy bars is kind of just uh, trying to sell candy bars. I don't like asking people for money. <laughs> so okay. even if it is so you're analogizing PTA. running for U.S. Senate to selling candy bars yeah, door to door? you're going door to door to everybody in Kentucky I don't, trying you to You don't sell go door to door. You don't like, hello, sir, well, will you give me money? I like your candidacy, though. We're going to sell magazines. <laughs> we're going to sell candy bars. <laughs> Yes. Some some coupons, yeah. Popcorn. We're gonna get and candles. So you want me to go get the kids to yes. like go with yeah. this with the Skittles? It'll be a Matt Jones like your face is on a candy bar. You know what? I like this. Cookies. You talk. It's an old school campaign. We sell candy door to door and magazines after they they're oh. no longer in existence. <laughs> and, but if you raise the most money for Matt Jones campaign, you can get a, a frisbee. <laughs> You want me to sell Jordan? <laughs> Might as well sell vacuum cleaners, too, if we're going old school. All right. Well, listen. We will see you guys soon. Go Cats. Evansville tonight. What's the, what's the How much are we going to beat Walter by? Cats by 40. That's what you should have called in a radio show every day and say, Cats by 40. Mitch sucks. Is Richie going to start tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing is this has delayed me trying to get Richie to do that podcast every week. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, he's good, by the way, on the, on, on the radio. Well, of course he is. He's Richie. Yeah, but he never did a ton of media. But before that, but we did, we did, we've done some stuff with him. I think he could be really good. You love, you love. I love Richie. Yeah. And what about what? Before I go, how about your best buddy Rex becoming a social media star for just getting people falling down and dogs being cute? Uh, well, you know, much like America's Funniest Home Videos, oh, getting, he, getting hit in the balls or falling off something. <laughs> always funny. Timeless. Yeah. yeah. His two things are: this person got knocked down and dogs, bruh. Yeah. The- <laughs> That's the Rex yeah. Chapman social yeah. media world. I mean, it, 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 you know, there's a story about him in the L.A. Times today. Uh, I heard about that. Uh, dogs, no, it, bro. Uh, well, and, but again, everybody loves dogs and people getting fall, falling down and stuff. I mean, you can't go. That's that's also you know what, part. That, Rex should be the one running no, just no. on the platform of getting hit in the 
well, and videotape no, no, Mitch no. falling down and stuff. Just, or video uh, just put every his face video on his face. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> All right, this has gone off the rail. Yeah. We will see you later. Uh, this has been the Matt Jones podcast.